This is the Summit Life Ministries audio experience. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the H Changer Show brought to you by Summit Life Ministries. My name is David Furrow. This is my dad, Lynn Furrow, also the founder of Summit Life Ministries. Our mission at Summit Life is to elevate, equip, and empower. Elevate the church's vision to see God's eternal purpose. Equip believers to live with an eternal perspective, but then also empower believers to live supernatural lifestyles in faith-filled obedience. Now, Dad, where we ended up, or where we stopped yesterday, we were in the scriptures in Matthew where the demon-possessed men, the legions, were talking to Jesus and saying, we're perplexed. <laughs> Why are you coming to torment us yeah. before our time? Because they were perplexed because he had stepped into time and space. And that is not what they thought was going to be happening at that point. As we went to Galatians 4, the eternal one entered into time. Yeah. The creator became a part of creation. The, the gateway to the fall became the gateway to a revelation of glory. He was yeah. born through a woman. And then he was subject, the lawgiver was subject to the, his own law. Uh, so that he would fulfill all the righteous requirements of the law. So this was something that Satan had not anticipated. (laughs) You know, he thought that he had God in a checkmate. And I don't know if you've ever had the experience, David, where if you've watched uh, skilled chess players play chess, Mm -hmm. where you will see someone methodically try to get into someone into a place of checkmate and it looks like the game is going to be over yeah and this person's working their strategy and they're closely on eliminating the opposition on the board and and they're bringing the the noose more closely to where the king cannot maneuver and and they're ready to say checkmate and then they were blinded by one move that the person had, and the, the, the person takes their queen and goes across the board in one move, and they go, checkmate. Yeah. And you go, how could I lose this game? Yeah. Well, that's the scenario that we see with Satan. Yeah. Satan thought he had put God into a place where he would, had limited movement in his purpose and to somehow do anything to redeem mankind. Yeah. Satan could falsely accuse God of injustice. And so Satan had woven this this plan in which he had networked and conjoined uh, his destiny with mankind where he thought if if man is is liberated and redeemed and forgiven then God has to forgive me as well, or I will accuse him of being unjust, or vice versa. If he judges me, he will have to doom and judge those that I know that he deeply loves and has had a unique and a special plan for them. And so God will have to, in destroying me the destroyer, he will also have to destroy the ones who he's put his love upon. Yeah. So we read in Matthew chapter 8, God shows up walking in the body of a man (laughs) 
And these demons, though, that see in the unseen realm, they go, God is in the here and now. The eternal one has entered into time. And he showed up in our place in the earth. And we have no idea what he's doing. Now, where we left off yesterday was we said that I read this last statement of the verse, and it says, have you come here to torment us before our time? You know, the devil reads the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes these spiritual powers know the Bible more than those of us that should intensely uh, intently read the Bible and, and intentionally study the Bible. And so... You know, uh, one of the laws and rules of warfare is know your enemy. Well, the Bible or the devil doesn't read the Bible uh, to gain spiritual truth and knowledge. Yeah. He just he just wants to look through this uh, treasury of God's ways and God's thoughts and and the prophecies that predict the future. And Satan is trying to lay out again counter strategies to thwart the purpose of God. But this mystery had remained a mystery to him. He could not figure out this mystery, which was the mystery of Christ, how that God would become a man. And so they reveal these demons that are confronting Jesus, and, and they're overwhelmed by the paradox of the mystery of you're here, but why are you here? And the only date that we know of, based upon what we what we know of scripturally, yeah. is that when God comes back to earth, it will be for judgment. It will be for the end of the age that God will take and and He will judge us for our rebellion. So they said, "Are you come here to judge us?" But the timing of this isn't (laughs) right. We thought we had more time. And also the prophecies we read that are recorded of like what Enoch prophesied, that when you come, you're going to come with tens of thousands of your glorious ones, your angels, and you will be executing your judgment and that you will come in your splendor, in your glory, in your majesty, in the strength of your mighty power, and your angels will be, you know, uh, uh, executing your decrees and your judgment, and you're wearing <laughs> a robe. Yeah. Uh, you know, you 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 have no glory, you have no power, you have no majesty, and so why are you here? Why are you? Riding a boat, by the way, coming across <laughs> the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. You, couldn't you just fly? Why are you acting the way you're acting? And so they are confused. They're stunned. Yeah. They're perplexed. And they just said, did we miss something when we read the Bible? Because we thought we had more time and that we could maybe delay this judgment. Maybe indefinitely. Yeah. But if you showed up and is now going to be a moment in which you judge us. Well, in fact, it was. Just not the <laughs> way they thought. Because Jesus said, now is the judgment of the world. 
and now the prince of this age, old order and arrangement of authority, will be removed from his place of power. His yeah. kingdom will be overthrown. But it was not in the manner or the way in which they thought. Now, I want us to go over to Luke chapter 10, verse 17. And we're going to look at another piece of the puzzle that kind of gives us insight of how by spiritual uh, stealth, Jesus, by entering into time and space, being a part of the creation, was going to undo all of Satan's works. Now, this is a, a moment where uh, Jesus has sent out a larger company of disciples. And in Luke's gospel, it said there were 72 men that were sent out and they were to preach the gospel of the kingdom throughout Israel as a witness and confirming the, the covenant of God, God, God extending covenant promise and benefits to his called mm-hmm. nation. And so when he commissions them to preach, he also gives them a, an authority which has power associated with it. Yeah. And he says, while you proclaim and preach, I want you to demonstrate the coming nature of the kingdom and the superiority of it. And I want you to heal the sick in other words, I want you to show that the curse that has been evidential in the earth is, is going to be broken. I'm yeah. going to reverse the curse. Sickness and disease being a part of the, the curse and a part of the fall. Uh, sickness and disease ultimately leads to death. He said, I want you to raise the dead. I want you to show, I want you to demonstrate and show that this kingdom has power over the ultimate result of the fall, which is death. I want you to uh, open blind eyes. I want you to open uh, deaf ears. And and so that is analogous, that this is going to be a moment where those that have sat in spiritual darkness, they're they're going to see again. The the natural comes first, then that which is spiritual, uh, Paul said. So the miracles, the signs were going to point to an ultimate purpose of what God was doing. Those that were lame, those that were crippled, incapacitated, handicapped, God was going to restore them to freedom of mobility, expression of life. When somebody is handicapped, normally the disability limits the expression of the life that is in them because of the inability of the physical to express that life. So all of these signs, we call them Messiah signs, and they were signs that were prophesied through Isaiah. They were intentional. They were miracles by design to reveal what God was going to do uh, to restore the spiritual life of the people, to return them to spiritual health and vitality. But then he also said, I want you to cast out demons. I want you to break the power of Satan's ability to enslave and oppress uh, humanity. So they went out on this missionary journey. They came back. And they reported back to the Lord, and they were pretty pumped up. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, 
It said the 72 returned with joy, ever vesting joy, saying, Lord, and this was the earmark of their missionary um, journey, the kind of the highlight, something that they would say, out of all the things that we were able to do in the preaching, the healing, is we saw demonic spirits become subject and their power broken. And this is what it says. The demons are subject to us in your name. David, what we like to do sometimes is we like to take our knowledge that we, we have now and we like to read it through the lens of revelation that we have now. And and when we say, of course, demons are subject to the name of Jesus because Jesus is Lord. Jesus yeah. is King. Jesus has been crucified, buried, but raised from the dead and highly exalted. Of course, the demons are going to be. But Jesus had not been crucified. He wasn't raised from the dead. He had not been exalted. Yeah. So why is this statement so revolutionary um, when the disciples came back and said, even the demons are subject to us in your name? Are you asking? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm asking you. Take a stab at it. I mean, it's so revolutionary because like you just said, none of that stuff had happened yet. Yeah. And so. But why was it profound that his name had demons recognize its authority and they had to submit to his name because he is god yes he was god but actually it's the exact opposite that makes it so profound because the name of jesus was the name of a man Again, in this series, we're trying to build a case that Jesus is going to restore an an authority that Adam lost. A kingship, a regency, a position of authority that God had given to Adam and Eve that we're illustrating that the man, Christ Jesus, because what Jesus did in miracle signs and wonders, he did not as God, but as a man that was empowered by the Holy Spirit using the authority that God had given originally to to Adam as his king upon the earth. So when they said, the demons are subject to us by using your name. There had been no other human name that had ever been respected or used mm-hmm. to in any way alter the authority that demons had over humanity. Yeah. So there is a spiritual revolution that is starting to occur. Yeah. There is there's a new sheriff in town. 
all the other men, even though they could have been men that had a level of righteousness, but yet Satan was still able to to have leverage against them because all of them were sinners. But now this is a man who has a perfect relationship with God because of his complete obedience and righteousness. And God has conferred upon him a restored authority over earth and everything in the earth. And so that when the when when the disciples say, we don't have power over you, but we know someone who does. Yeah. And so in their name, in the name of the king, mm-hmm. we as delegated authority, those that have been entrusted with a delegated spiritual authority are going to invoke the name of the new king that is now going to rule over the earth. The demons had to respect that, and they had to leave. Then the scripture goes on, and this is Jesus' response. Now, in certain translations, it expands uh, the phraseology of that. I love that, I believe it's called the the New Jerusalem Bible, and it's a paraphrase, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna I'm gonna quote it. But first I want to read what the English Standard Version said. And Jesus said to them, after them saying, the demons are subject to your name, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Hmm. Now the, the Jerusalem Bible says this, I've had visions about this day. Yeah. And I see that Satan is going to fall like lightning from heaven. In other words, that there had been visionary experiences that the Father had shown Jesus that his mission and his work was going to lead to a displacing of Satan from a position that he used and it was not an earthly place. Mm-hmm. He, as we read in Job, if you remember in one of the episodes in Job yeah. 1, it said that he came in with the other angels and he would use that place in the court of God to be an adversary to God's purpose. But the way he was adversarial is by the means of accusation. He just constantly accused mankind litigated a case against mankind, reminding God of his justice and and the purity of his justice and how that God in no way could mediate forgiveness or clemency to mankind without it affecting his relationship with Satan. So Satan continued just to repeat the case. They're guilty. They're transgressors. They're rebels, just like me. To to free them and to forgive them means that you have to do that with me. How could you, God, do that and you still remain a perfect, just judge and God? And so he, he used this place in heaven, in heavenly realms, 
as a means to accuse us, as Revelation says in, in chapter 12, he accused us before our God day and night. Yeah. Satan even worked the night shift. <laughs> Just a running court battle. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that he was offering, entering new evidence because more people were living, the compounding effect of sin, more people were engaging in sinful, rebellious activities. And so he's just constantly entering in to the court of heaven. New accusations that he could litigate to constantly secure his position uh, of deferring judgment upon himself, but also damning mankind to the same fate. Now we're going to stop there because we are going to see how Satan fell like lightning. <laughs> and, and that's not a progressive, slow transition. Yeah. That's like getting booted out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, as you know, I, a lot of my, my children played sports. And, and one of the things that I, I enjoyed sometimes is that people that were defensive players, because most of my kids... Uh, sons played offensive roles and I just loved it when somebody that was trying to hinder uh, the running of a play the running of, of a running back and all of a sudden some offensive lineman would come out of nowhere <laughs> and strike a running or a linebacker or a defensive end and just knock them out of their place and open up a hole and take them off of their feet uh, and and I think you know, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> who I'm referring to. <laughs> yes. And a couple of times we saw that offensive player, uh, <laughs> that guard pull and and do a surprise <laughs> hit on a defensive end or a linebacker, and it yeah. was gloriously beautiful. Yes. Well, lightning strike, you know, spiritual blitzkrieg. Yeah. That is what Jesus saw. He said, I saw. Satan so dethroned from his place of litigation and him being removed from heaven with such swiftness and power that he is he is dethroned and his fall and his inability to to maintain any grip in any position is is going to be like a flash of lightning. Jesus said I've had dreams and visions about that. <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, thank you for being with us today. We hope you're learning. I'm learning. Um, but, guys, if you want to just know more about Summit Life Ministries, make sure to follow us at summitlifeministries.com. If you want to just make sure to get all our updates, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. But, guys, we love you and appreciate you. Thank, thank you for being with us each and every day. But, guys, we love you and God bless. Bless you. I hope you enjoyed it. What's up, everybody? This is Josh Furrow from the Summit Life Ministries team. I just wanted to thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and have a blessed week.